Today, we have an NFL player on the podcast, previous NFL player. But I love that above all things, when I asked him about himself and I asked him to give me his bio, that the first thing that came out was his sonship, his knowing that he knows that he knows that God is the realm of his identity. Messiah over everything. It's not only his business through a clothing design, it is also his heartbeat. And football was an incredible stepping stone in that journey. He played at James Madison University. Go Duke Dogs! You know that is my school. I was his RA, so that's kind of cool. That's how we're connected. I'm not that awesome to know a professional NFL player, but I do, and I'm pumped, and I thank Scotty for coming on today to share his heart, and it's not just about, you know, the places he's been or the spaces that he's going, but it's the God line. It's the God bloodline, the connectivity of us as a brother and a sister, speaking into this conversation around racial divide, to be a representation of the heartbeat of God alongside Scotty. Uh, simply in the image of us together, I think shows the depth and the value and the true color beyond the color of our skin of heaven. And so I hope today's podcast meets you. I hope that it greets you. I hope that it inspires you. I hope that it activates you. You know, I'm an activator and his story and the components of it, the hardships, the high points. It is one for the books, and I'm prophetically speaking that it will be in a book before long, Um, but you guys have to hear the energy and the passion that he brings to the table and the incredible journey that he's been on just in the last couple weeks since having his eighth surgery. Y'all, eight surgeries. That's bananas. I can't even fathom that. So tune in to Scotty McGee. Tune in to this 33-year-old husband who is a father of four and all the other things that I shared about his rap sheet, but ultimately he is a friend and a brother and a son. And so here we go. Enjoy. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. 
I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. All right, y'all. So if you know anything about technology, you know that there are things that happen without your control, such as life, such as technology. And so while Scotty and I were unpacking the beginning of this conversation, none of it was recorded. And I was so sad afterwards, as was he, but thank God somebody came through who was an avid listener and told us around minute nine that it was silent and no one could hear him when we were live. And for those that don't know, we do broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube weekly. So be sure to tune in and you can actually go back and listen and hear and see the passion in Scotty's voice and face and entire body as he shares. But I want to tee up the ball here because I don't want you guys to miss a critical part of his story. And so Scotty and I, here's his intro again, and I kind of entered him before, but you guys have to hear his rap sheet. We've known each other for 16, 17 years. We went to high school together, and then we went to college together at James Madison University, where he played football, both at our high school and at the college level. I was actually his RA, which is really fun. Uh, And then he went on to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. He is a father and a four, actually, so absolutely a father. He is a a husband and also a licensed grief and recovery coach. So his, his rap sheet is beautiful. He's got more than that. He's also a clothing designer for Motives Clothing, which you're going to hear all about and know the storyline behind the name. I absolutely am amazed how God is using all of his gifts and talents and serving the Lord in such a beautiful way. He didn't actually come to know the Lord until college, which is not a part of our storyline together. So the fact that we get to come back into unison and I get to call him brother, uh, being a sister in, in that walk alongside him now is such a beautiful thing. So again, teeing up the ball here, uh, we have gotten into this conversation. We reconnected only days after he had his eighth surgery, neck surgery, in fact. So really intense. When we spoke, he couldn't even talk. And and we kind of unpack that during this a bit later. But he starts the conversation talking about how when he went into this surgery, he was in a place where he had let God go. And yeah, he was still in his heart, but he hadn't stopped praying to the extent fervently as we are called to do. He was still living as a dad. He had a newborn baby girl, which I'm going to tell you about that story too as a tee up. Uh, But he was just walking out of alignment, out of his true calling. And basically because he felt like the enemy was exhausting him constantly in his way. And he was like, I'm tired of fighting. And I know I've personally been there. I know you can probably attest to that too, where when you come to know the Lord, And you are fervently, I said that word twice, but y'all fervently look it up. It's so good. When you are actively, proactively attacking what it is that God has you do when you're here on earth, 
it feels like constant roadblocks. As much as there is joy and abundance and all of these things, y'all, he he got to do his dream. He got to be in the NFL. He got to live out this clothing life, and it felt like there was so much goodness. He was even at a conference speaking on stage with T.D. Jakes. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is mind-blowing. It's so good. God had led him in such amazing places, and this is where the story kind of kicks off. He had been sitting at this conference, and a woman turned around with to him and his wife who had accompanied him and said, God told me to tell you that she's on the way. And they were blown away. Obviously, when any word of knowledge comes your way, a prophetic voice, you are shocked because one, you're like, how did they just read my mail? Which they felt that way because they had three boys to that point and were trying for a girl. And so they were just in awe, like just enamored by all of the love that God was showing them in this moment. Mind you, this is about three years prior to this conversation. And on the way home from that conference, highest of highs, speaking on that stage, being surrounded by thousands of believers, feeling like, okay, God, I see where you want me to go. I see where you have me. I'm grateful for you. He got a call, a devastating call, in fact, from his dad. And he could tell something in his voice was not right. And he found out in that very moment that his older brother had died, Marcus. And this conversation and this transformation point to where he is now and the moment of halt that that felt overwhelming at that time he he had pulled off to the side of the road and this is where he picks up the conversation and he picks up the storyline because the sound comes back into play but imagine coming from such a high and then feeling like the weight of the world was on top of you within a 12-hour time frame And so this is where Scotty comes in and I hope that you just hear his heart and understand what was going on for the three years after hearing that message and getting that phone call to where he is. And y'all, he is a fire starter. He is just enamored um, and, and strong and mighty in his voice. And so let's, let's pick it up here. I pulled over on the side of the road on Interstate 95 right before we crossed the border into uh, Florida. We were right at the Georgia-Florida border, and I just pulled over, and I just began to weep. I cried and cried and cried because I did not understand why this was happening. And the part that I'm about to share is something that I, I honestly haven't shared, but I feel prompted and led by God to share it. After that, I went through a severe time of depression. Um, I was I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, um, PTSD. There were things that that was going on in my life that, while I thought that I was working through them and overcoming them, I had never really truly worked through any of those things. Um, one thing that I discovered in therapy, and <clears throat> and you know this to be true, that you know many times in African American culture, it's viewed as a, a weakness for us to go see a therapist or talk to somebody about their problems. And let me tell you, Dr. Jen was her name, and Jenna, and what she was able to do for me was 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 so life changing. Even though I had a long road ahead of me. 
she showed me that I never really grieved the loss of Marcus in high school. Mm-hmm. I just kept pushing. And so I ran and ran and ran. And one thing that she was able to uh, gain from our conversation was that football was my therapy. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have it anymore. And that's why I'm not outrunning this thing anymore. And now I have to deal with it head on. And that was just something that was just out of this world amazing. But again, I was still not in a place where I felt comfortable. You know, uh, here it is. I lost two brothers. Um, I'm, I'm sad, you know, I'm depressed. And, and you fast forward about a year and a half later and my daughter's born. And it took me back. And I remember what that lady said at MegaFest. I remember conversations where people said that you're going to have a baby girl. And I'm like, man, God, wow. Just when I felt like I love my children, I love my wife, but just when I felt so empty to the point where I'm like, I have nothing left. Here it is. God brings this little precious little girl into my mm-hmm. life. And, and man, when I tell you she has me wrapped around her finger, <laughs> it is bad. I mean, it is bad but you take all of those things coming off of one of the highest highs and then going through this time where I remember just saying I'm tired of being hit I don't be hit anymore so maybe I should maybe if I don't fight and maybe if I'm not a threat the enemy won't attack me anymore he saw he was I went silent I stopped speaking I stopped praying. I stopped seeking God's face. I kind of just wanted to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And and I was enduring all of this pain with my neck all the time. And, 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 and when the surgery came about, that was probably the first time that I really prayed in about two and a half years, two years. Like prayed a fervent prayer, not for myself. It was after the surgery. Before the surgery, I said, Man, God, if you get get me through this, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Tamara, about four days after surgery, the only thing that I can do is walk for physical therapy because the next surgery they removed disc and they put a titanium disc in. Now I'm, I, I got an inch, <laughs> I got a half an inch taller, <laughs> so awesome. I can officially say I'm five nine and a quarter. Because I got a That's half an inch amazing. taller. <laughs> yeah, so, man, look at God, man. I always wanted to be a little bit taller, and he did it. There it is. Uh, <laughs> but this testimony that I'm about to share with you is just an amazing one because I felt like I was so far from God. And, and here I am this, this morning um, going on a walk, yeah. and I see this woman, and she has a foot cast on. She's limping. She has missing teeth. And, and I, I, I've seen her in the neighborhood before, but she's never looked like that. And I'm supposed to go to the right, but something told me to keep going straight. And so Tamara, I kept going straight and I walked up to her and I said, Hey, how are you? Is everything okay? And she said, no, but I'll be okay. And she started telling me what was happening. She broke her foot. She has to get hip replacement in two weeks. Um, she fell and knocked her front teeth out of her mouth. Um, she had, she was, uh, boiling, uh, hot tea 
She's 76 years old. She's boiling hot tea and it spilt all over her body. She had all these burn marks. And I'm just sitting there looking at her. And, I, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray for her. And I'm telling you, I don't think I heard from God. At least I thought I wasn't hearing from God leading up to that. But in that moment, he spoke so clearly. And I immediately responded and said, can I pray for you? And this was, it, it was, I didn't even have time to think about it. Before I knew it, I was on my knees and I had my hands on her feet and I began to pray. And I began to plead the blood of Jesus over her. And I began to say from the, from the, from the, not from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, but from the soles of her feet to the crown of her head, Lord, heal her body, make her whole God healing. I just began to decree and declare healing over this 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 elderly woman that lived in my neighborhood. And after I prayed for her, she said, wow. She said, I felt that throughout my entire body. And I said, well, to God be the glory. And I walked away and continued my walk. And as I'm walking, I'm like, God, what just happened? I haven't felt that feeling in so long. Tamara, I found myself at the tennis court of my neighborhood. And I began to praise and worship God. And I think I was making up for the last two years because three hours later, I'm in, it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I had like this sweatshirt on and I'm sweating, but man, the spirit of God was on me. It was a fresh anointing. Mm. And I just remember coming home. And, and one thing that God revealed to me as I'm, as I'm walking home was I require more of you. It's time. It is time. And I felt it. I knew it. And so I began pulling everything out that I had tabled since my brother's passing and said, it's time. I told my wife, it's time. The very next day, I get a phone call. And I had exchanged numbers with this, this woman because I said, hey, if you need me for anything, don't hesitate to call. And she said she needed help. So my son went and helped pick weeds in her yard. He went and picked the weeds for her and stuff. But this phone call, and I and I don't know if I shared that call with you yet, uh -uh. but I'll share it with you after we get off. And okay. It's nothing short of amazing. She calls and she says, I got two things I want to tell you. One, your son is just a sweetheart. He did such an amazing job. And I just wanted to thank him. But the other thing she said was, I had a doctor's appointment today. And she said, when I went to the doctor's appointment, the doctors came back after their x-rays and they said, I don't know what happened, but your bones aren't broken anymore in your foot. Come on. Come on. She said, I know what happened. I know exactly what happened. She said that. 10.05 a.m. Oh my gosh, I have full body this chills. This young man prayed for me and God healed me. And what she was telling me, she said, I felt the heat when you were laying hands on me. And let me tell you something about two years prior to me going on my hiatus and I was laying hands on people and healing them. Every time they would say, I felt the heat. So it was an indicator oh, for me. Oh, gosh. And what God was doing in that moment was he was confirming and affirming me that, hey, it's time. 
and I'm not playing. No, we are gonna do this thing. I wanna, I wanna, I because of the way God has moved. I just want to capture this uh, well, with true power. You know, the other thing you have to do is when God does something for you, you gotta tell people. I have been telling people all over town. I went to my brother's house and told him and his wife. I called my cousin up in Texas and told her. I told my friends here. But I wanted you to know, because even though we know and we believe, sometimes it takes time for things to heal, and some very seldom is it instantaneous. But my toe was healed, and she said, well, I, I, she, I said, well, I knew, and she, and she said, well, I don't know what happened. I said, I can tell you what happened. God healed my toe yesterday in front of my house at 10.05 in the morning. Mm. She so, said, well, you're very specific about it. I said, because I, I had a specific person pray for me and specifically pray for my foot with his hand on my foot, and I could feel it. I could feel the heat, and I was just just vibrating. I knew that my foot was healed. Hallelujah. So, so you I went said, to the you know, doctor, so you, you had a follow-up appointment. Glory when he, he deserves it all the time. When he does something like that, you mm-hmm. better shout it loud. <laughs> so you had a follow-up appointment today. Yeah, well, they- I already had that appointment because it was happened three weeks ago. I had gone in there for that original break, and she told me, you know, that was healed, but she says, you're not going to believe this. You've got this. She said, that toe up to the first digit is totally broken in half. She says, because you haven't been wearing that boot, you've been bending that toe, and it has broken that toe off. So uh, I guess when I originally broke it, I probably had some fracture there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I couldn't believe it either because it, it had already been a couple months and my toe should have been healed. Mm-hmm. And she said, now you've got this fresh break. It's going to take, you know, 12 to 14 weeks for it to heal. And after three weeks with you praying for my toe, so when you go to church, you shout it from the rooftops over there and tell them, if I was over there, I'd be shouting it with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory but isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. You know, I was telling my aunt, too. I said, you know, this gentleman, I said, I don't really know him. I said, we wave at each other when I pass by and stuff like this, but I, we don't really know each other. I said, he was passing by my house, and I was just, happened to go out my front door to water my front plants that were, you know, not getting rainwater because mm-hmm. they were too far in. And I said, I was out there watering that, and he comes by, and I said, he didn't know. I said, God had to stop him to pray for me because he wouldn't have known there was anything wrong with me. Mm. So mm. I just wanted to tell you that how much I appreciated you uh, giving me the attention and also taking your time and believing, getting, listening to God when He told you to stop and pray for me. Glory be to God. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, and that's the truth. That. That's why I've been saying all day long. <laughs> but anyway, I told the doctor, I said, I'm going to tell you, you want me to go out the front and out there and shout out to all these people? <laughs> mm. I'll be happy to tell them that's what happened. Mm. So she said, Oh, I believe you. But like I said, I've been healed, and God always takes care of me. But it's not always instantaneous. Sometimes it takes a long time. But this was absolutely. Wow. I mean, I, and I knew because my toe was hurting me, and then it wasn't hurting me. So I just want glory. you to know that because sometimes it, we want to know our prayers are answered. To God be the glory. 
Yeah. I tell you but what. anyway, tell your son I really appreciate him. He's a nice young man, and he did a really good job. I can't even find a weed out there after he got done, good. except, you know, along the front border, which even though he cleaned up some of that. But um, anyway, on the side of the thing, and he said, well, Dad's going to come back and show me how. Yeah. But anytime he wants to do that, like I said, I, I told him I wasn't going to give him any more. That, that included that, too. And he uh-huh. says, well, that's fine with me. He said, I was going to do it for free. And I said, young man, you don't need to be doing it. You know, because we all do stuff for people sometimes because God wants us to help people. Right. But I said, you know, I can afford, to, I'm not wealthy, but I can afford to pay somebody to do this for me. Mm-hmm. And you deserve the money when you do the work. So I told him, I said, but that includes this, you know, this other work you're going to come back and do. Right. And also, if he wants to do future, I, he can do my back anytime he wants to do that for okay. me, too. Okay. Well, and I'll pay him for that. So just whenever he gets time to do it, he can come back and do that back for me. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, thank you so God, much for sharing that God bless that with y'all. You. I'm going to make you a cake and bring it down there, too. <laughs> you like apple and, and uh, caramel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gotta go out to my cardiologist on Wednesday, and I have to pick up some prescriptions, so I'll be getting my stuff at the grocery. I'm gonna make y'all a cake, and I'll knock on the door and bring it to you. Thank you. Well, you walk in your healing. You walk in the victory. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing that with me. You don't know what that just did for me. Well, God bless you. Let me tell you, you don't know what you did for me. And too, with all this strike we're going through right now, with this virus and all these riots and stuff, it's good to know people do things for each other and help each other out. And it's good to know that God is still on the throne. Oh, well, let me tell you, he's up there. And when people start telling me about all this stuff, I'm going to tell you, I I keep telling him, God's in control. He's got this. I can't handle it, but he can. So all we can do as individuals is do the best we can in our lives and respect other people and try to help people when we can. That's all we can do. And if we do our part, God will do his. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, tell your wife and your kids and everybody, you know, I really do appreciate you all as a family. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I'll be getting in touch with you. Okay. (laughs) God bless you, girl. I'll talk to you soon, Miss Jean. Take care. Bye-bye. And so it was so amazing uh, to me that God had did that. It's not over yet. It's not I done. know, because you haven't it's said not done that. That's so good. So um, as you know, I, I breed French bulldogs. I've always loved dogs. I'm breeding Frenchies. And this woman contacts me, and her name is Eve. And, and I know she won't mind me sharing this because it was just nothing short of amazing. I'm talking within a... 72-hour time period from the moment I prayed from that woman to going to the tennis courts and having praise and worship to the very next day, her telling me that I've been healed. The doctors don't even know how it happened. I was supposed to be in this cast for 13 weeks. Wow. And here I am, and I'm healed. This woman, she's like, hey, I'm interested in the dogs, all of these things. We're talking back and forth. Um, She misinterprets pricing. I said, that's neither here nor there. Don't worry about it. Um, the next day, she I get a text message from her or a message on Messenger. And she says, listen, listen to what she says. <laughs> she says, God told me to tell you that you have the gift of healing the broken. Come on. <laughs> so good. 
this was literally phone call about dogs. Listen, and this is what's so crazy about it. What's so crazy about it is this. (laughs) This is what's so crazy. That night before I was going to post. I was going to go to Miss Jean's house and I was like, hey, we need to go on live. I want you to share what God has done. And she said, sure thing. If you want to, we can do that. And I did it. And I ended up not doing it. And I believe that that was a divine delay. Because had that happened, she would have seen that and it wouldn't have been as impactful. Right. But man, when she said that, chills went through my entire body. I said, I said, I said, I'm going to send you something. And I said, the reason that I'm sending you this is because I want you to know that not only are you hearing from God, but you're confirming things that God has revealed to me within the last 72 hours. I said, I'm going to send this six minute clip to you. You send it uh, and you call me back when it's over. She calls me back. She's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I told my husband I felt like I've known you all my life. And I just met you on Facebook. I don't even know what it is about you. And I'm just like, wow, God, what are you doing? God's not finished yet. God's not finished yet. No, he's not. The next thing that happens, and, and it has something to do with this family again, they ended up, okay, Again, I'm so far removed from God, like I felt like I was. But yet, God was doing a work. My, the, my, my last production, the litter, the, the name of that litter was the Hope Litter. Mm. And, and, and the, the message in, in the Hope Litter was, with all of the craziness that's going on in the world today, we all could use a little bit of hope. Mm. And, you know, in the, in their names were faith, love, peace, triumph. I love it. And um, what was the last one? Faith, love, peace, triumph, and um, gosh. All right, faith, love. Who's my other girl? Joy. Gosh, that's weird. I'm, actually I'm thinking of the fruits of the spirit, it. like joy. Um, faith, love, peace was a peace. boy, triumph. And um, did I say five already? Faith, well, anyway, joy, the one peace. that was left that, that she ended up getting name was Faith. Okay. She kept the name as Faith. I'm at the vet sitting in the parking lot and we're talking and I'm on three-way with her and her husband. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We feel good about it. And, I'm, and, and they're about to hit the road. They live about three hours away from me. And I said, hey, can I pray for you guys? And I start praying. And Tamara, I just met these people. I don't know them. I love it. But yet, I am a, listen, when God erupted and ignited that fire, I said, God, I'm a yielded vessel. Use me however you see fit. And when he spoke to me and said to pray for them, I said, I'll pray for them. I began to pray for them. And I started praying for her husband. And the Holy Spirit showed me his hands. And I, I don't, what it is about your hands. But man, God just, he's going to bless the work of your hands. Everything you touch is going to turn into gold. It's something about your hands. I don't know what it is about your hands, but God is going to heal your hands. He's going to make your hands whole. I don't know what it is about your hands, but I just see your hands. And he's like, wow. And she's like, wow. And she's crying. And even after we close out the prayer, she's still crying. And the Holy Spirit says, tell her, let it out. Stop wiping those tears. She's been holding stuff in for too long. Mm -hmm. 
her husband said, while we were on the phone, he said, you have no idea. Everything that you just said is true. You are confirmed. He said, my wife has shared stuff with you that she doesn't even share with our neighbors. <laughs> and she just met you. Let's fast forward to them getting to our home to pick up their their faith. Tamara, this was crazy. She said, you, you don't know how powerful that prayer was to me and my husband. She said, my husband works with his hands 24-7. He fixes things. And his hands, there are times where his hands start hurting and he can't even move them. He built a Hummer. And he showed me how he took these scraps and built a Hummer. He took a destroyed and decrepit boat and rebuilt it. He took a, 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 like a, you know, somebody's junk and turns it into gold. Wow. It was just nothing short of amazing. And that's just what God has done over the last, since, since June, uh, no, since May 23rd. Holy moly. How have you been this able to sleep? started happening. <laughs> I couldn't even sleep with all this. I mean, I haven't been able to sleep. That's what's so crazy. I was up till 4 a.m. last night praying and talking to God. And do you remember um, Ramad? Yes! Ramad, it was me and him were on the phone last night. Come on! Bringing oh. God glory. That's incredible. There's so much that you're saying that I was just like, oh, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this. It's, let's let's talk about it. Oh, I think... I. I don't even know where to go. I We prayed to like let the Holy Spirit lead here. And I just am mm-hmm. so grateful that you are sharing these, this, this reality that this happens, that miracles break out right now, that we don't have yes. to wait for heaven or kingdom come because the mm. kingdom is here. The kingdom is within us. Mm. And so Absolutely. often we let the enemy hold the reins. Because mm-hmm. we stand in silence. We stand defeated because we don't mm. want to come into discomfort, because we don't want to come into trial, because we feel like we're constantly, constantly, constantly being beaten down. And yet mm-hmm. God still is on the throne in those moments. And Amen. so while you were toiling, God was like, don't worry, you keep uprooting those hard things, and I'm mm-hmm. planting. I'm planting and during planting seasons, you don't always see the beauty that's happening beneath the soil, do you? And so Mm -mm. God is sprouting up in you. And now there is blossom upon blossom Mm. goodness that people now have the opportunity to see, to hear, to feel. Yes. But all the hard work in the silence, even without you knowing that you were doing hard work to his favor, he Mm -hmm. saw you. And you were known and you were still loved, even in those moments where you weren't praying. Mm -hmm. But now, while giving yourself fully to him, Mm. he's literally conversating with you so accurately that you can do the work that you've set out to do since the get go. And his voice is so clear. I can hear it so good. And this is what you have to understand. One of the things that I tabled was speak, Scotty, speak. 
-hmm. And it's just me just speaking. And this is the first time that I'm actually just speaking. And this is just such an amazing moment. You don't know how much breakthrough and how many just shackles are being broken right now because I was silenced for so long. But let me tell you this, this is even more crazy. The day after surgery, that next morning, yeah. I could not talk. I know, I talked to you when you couldn't talk. You called me, I'm like, hello? What's happening? But this is before I even came home. No, I couldn't speak. Like nothing was coming out of you. They came in, the doctors, the surgeons, the neurosurgeons came in after the surgery that next morning. And they said, we don't know what's going on. They called in the speech pathologist, the speech therapist. Wow. They ordered all of these tests. I had to get like a, a... Uh, CT scans and the results came back and they said, okay, we're good. It's just a swelling. And as the swelling went down, they didn't know if they like struck one of my nerves that like controls like my vocals and like speaking. But could you imagine if the enemy had had his way in that moment, Mm, mm -mm. we wouldn't be able to have this conversation right now. See, the thing that's happening now is now I'm looking back. And when I thought that I was so far from God, there's things that he is showing me. There was there was moments of favor where I thought that it was just me doing things in the natural. And it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God. Even in the state that this entire world is in right now, with a global pandemic, God would yeah. have me days after a surgery to go lay hands on an elderly woman. It's so I good. didn't get that revelation and that understanding until last night when Ramad was talking to me. He said, bro, do you realize what you did? In a in an era in our world right now where people don't, if you even, if you go, <clears throat> they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Hey, <laughs> hey, man, back off. It's so true. And here you are laying hands on somebody. And not only that, you've got your hands on this person's feet. And I'm like, man, I was just being obedient to the spirit of God. And it felt good. So good. And God is saying, I don't care about a pandemic. I don't care about the injustices that's going on. I am still on the throne. I'm still in control. And when my people, when I call my people to the forefront, if they would just be yielded vessels and allow me to use them, It is the body of Christ that can affect change. And it's not just about prayer. Again, be a yielded vessel. Don't just be, don't just pray from afar. Be a yielded vessel. Be ready to be used by God. And if you can do that, if we can do that as a body, the body has many members. If we can do that as a body, that's the difference. That's how we affect change. That's how we shift the atmosphere. So good. I want to like stand up and jump around. It's so good. And it's so there, um, there's a revival on the street of, of Azusa that happened 
gosh, I don't even know the, the year, but in California, when there, there has been revivals all over our country. But I, I am, as you're speaking, visualizing another revival that's happening mm. in our streets mm. right now. And it takes us coming together. And that's what the representation of this very conversation is. It's knowing yes. that it's your brothers yes. and sisters that have been alongside you for so long. But now, instead of you just linking arms because you're friends, you're linking arms because you're brothers and sisters. And you're actually mm. moving because God is moving you. And it's not yeah. by your might or by your will, mm. but you're activating in the spirit. And the prayer Absolutely. that happened yep. on the streets of Azusa was for him to be molded and for him to be bent for the Lord. And so I'm seeing you bent over on your knees for this mm. woman, somebody else, Hallelujah. that you're on your knees for somebody else. And that just happened in our city, in your hometown, when wow. there was an entire congregation of thousands of people and pastors were asking all white people to get on their knees in a spirit of repentance. And guess what? They mm. did it without mm. hesitation. And that mm. visual that I wasn't even there, I got to see it via Facebook live. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling called to my knees. And so for us to know that this is not something that's just like a preconceived conversation, these things are happening and they're breaking mm -hmm. out. And it's by mm -hmm. us yielding to the Lord that he's going Amen. to activate in such another capacity of understanding that you and I can't even fathom as of yesterday. No. And yet here it is right. healing people right now, healing hearts. And it takes voice. And this is a conversation mm -hmm. I want to hear from you, knowing that you had this season of silence, knowing that you were actually potentially silenced by the enemy during those moments of confusion right after your surgery. And now you're able to speak on his behalf. What do you feel is the right thing for other people, other brothers and sisters? How can we speak? How can we lift our voice? How can we be a yielded vessel to him? It's, it, it, you know, the, the thing about the, the yieldedness is it's it's that good old capital A. And I say capital A and not lowercase a because um, the capital A is availability. Mm. Be available to yield to God and say, God, hey, send me. I'll go. Hey, God, use me. Hey, God, you need some work done in the earth. Use me. I'll be bold. I'll be fearless. I will allow. Look, he said faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. We know that faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And, 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 and to know that, it's like in the substance of things unseen, there's a lot of unseen that needs to manifest in the earth. The thing about it, this change that's happening and this move, this shift that's happening, it's already taken place in the heavens. We've been waiting for it to come down here. So it's about being prostrated and saying, God, we yield to you. We submit to you. We are available to you, God. Have your way. God, not only cleanse us of all unrighteousness, but cleanse the sins of our forefathers. Yeah, that's good. The sins of our, 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 our ancestors. 
so that we can begin the healing process and moving forward. The thing about it is for, for you and I, it's always been this, even with your brother, with, with everybody that I've ever come in contact with, it's, I won't say that I don't see color because I, I, because I think that that's dismissing the uniqueness and individuality of each and every one of us. Yeah. But what I will say is that I, I, I got to know the heart of you. I, I got to build a friendship and a relationship with your brother, you know, and so many others. The people that don't, the, the, the skin doesn't mean anything. When you can see past that, and I and I I have yet to to comment. I've yet to, uh, you know, join the brigade of individuals that are on Facebook and you know the I am a black man. I, I'm all for that. If that's what you feel you need to do, by all means, do that. But for me, that's not what God is calling me to do. Yeah. And so, again, with the breakthrough that's happened. I'm now moving based on the prompting and the leading of the Holy Ghost. And so therefore, I don't feel a prompting and a leading to copy and paste and say all these things and post a picture. That's good. To feel that I'm a part of something because I know what I'm doing right now in the heavenlies. Yeah. In the heavenly of heavenlies. When I was out on that tennis court, trying out to God to not only heal our nation, but heal this world. We need to allow God to be who he is and allow him to sit on the throne. So good. And understand that not only, and, and what's so crazy about this is I haven't done this in so long. And I'm speaking just from the heart and, and from the, and, and just from, and I, I, you know, even before this came, I, I said, God, before we even got on, I said, God, just speak to me and through me. Allow me to be a yielded vessel. Allow me to speak as an oracle of God, Lord, whatever you would have me to say, just allow me to speak it because this isn't about me. And even though there has been tremendous breakthrough, it, it's, it's, it's because of the spirit of God that's dwelling within me. That's allowing me to do the things that I'm doing. And so I've had friends that have said, Hey man, when are you going to do this? Or literally tag me in something. And I'm like, I'm not called to that. That's not what God is calling me to do. Yeah. Because for me, it's what I'm doing that you don't see, that people don't see. What people didn't see Ramad and I doing last night until, let me tell you how that happened. Talk about the spirit of God. It was at, I believe it was 1.18 in the morning. I'm in bed and I can't sleep. And I said, okay, I got up and I said, okay, God, what do you have for me? And as I grabbed my phone, my phone goes, zzz, ah. and I look at it, I look at it, and it's Ramad, and he says, hey, man, just checking on you. We have to get together soon. And I immediately <laughs> called, and I said, no, it's soon not is soon. Now. Right the now. time is now. The time is now. God is going to do a work now. And one thing that God revealed to me about my relationship with Vermont years ago, I mean, when we were growing and walking in this thing and you knew how um, you knew how it was in college. You know, it was crazy. I mean, when you saw me, you saw Vermont. And what was crazy was 
he called me and he said, I just got off the phone with, uh, it's this public speaker that's like a mentor to him named Shep. And he said, Shep told me, who is it that was that person in your life that was like your accountability partner? And he said, man, my man, Sco, man, Scotty McGee, this, that, that, man, we've, we've, you know, we've kind of grown apart over the years and stuff. And what Shep said to him was so profound. And it speaks, it spoke to everything God has been speaking to me ever since I came out of surgery. The time is now. So this is what he told Ramat. He said, man, he said, you know what? He said, you guys not only need to reconnect. We always talk to each other. We see each other. You know, I spent my last birthday with him and his wife, but he was saying it's time for you guys to reconnect. But he said, he said, but now football's out of the way, college, that was then. He said, but now, he said, it's time for you guys to do life together now. And I said, Ramad, do you even realize what, like, think about it. I said, what do you do with your wife? He said, I do life with her. I said, what do I do with my wife? He said, I, he said you do life, life with her. I said, God is calling us to something greater. Before we split and went our separate ways and just grew apart, I told him that God revealed to me in prayer that there's going to be a time where we're no longer going to be a one-two punch, but God is going to bring us back together. And I said, Ramad, the time is now. Wow. It so was just so crazy. This is this is one o'clock in the morning, and he and I are on the phone till like four thirty in the morning. Come on. Just magnifying and lifting up the name of Jesus and just speaking with thus says the Lord and just it is nothing short of amazing and I am just so excited and enthused. No way, I can't tell. It's so good. I, I like just, I can feel your it's energy been through too the long. screen. I can it has feel been it. Too long. It has been too it's been long. Festering. And it's so crazy that even in our communication, I mean I sent you a message. I hadn't talked to you in years. I see you via virtual experiences, but my brother and I have just like rekindled our, our relationship. Our, our family is coming back into unity. So I praise wow. COVID for that. So thank you, coronavirus, mm -hmm. for that. And I, I just, you relate on my heart. And I think ultimately people need to understand that that is not just coincidence. Wow. That no, it's that not. Is God. And when people come into your frame of thought or into your spirit or into your soul or however you speak the words, that's not just coincidence. That is right. God. And what the difference is, is oftentimes we dismiss it as, oh, that just reminded me of that person. There was mm -hmm. nothing to remind me of you. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. I just was like, I need to touch base with Scotty. We need to connect. And wow the energy just in this conversation, but that one Facebook message, I said, for such a time as this, mm. and you were stunned, immediate response. And I was like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But you knew, you mm -hmm. knew the time was already being cultivated. And yeah. so it's, it's unbelievable what he's doing in your life. And the fact that you are sharing, that you're speaking on it is, this is literally like, this big compared to what's to come. Yeah. No, and this I'm, is only the beginning. It's this is only the beginning. And, and so and, and, go like, go. I want to hear more about from the, from the ashes, right? We rise. Mm -hmm. What part of your bio that you had sent to me prior to was, you know, to be the victor, not the victim. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I feel like now there are so many people walking with this victim mentality and part of your healing, part of your ability is helping break that off. So Mm -hmm. share like what vision do you have for that? What else has God given you even in the season prior to this that you've laid to the side that's now time for you to pick up? Uh, Just uh, the, 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 it's motives. It's motives. It's in any and everything we do. We have to check our motives behind it. We have to ensure that we're not doing things to please the lusts and desires of our flesh. And again, it's, it was written on our hearts from the foundation of the earth, from the moment that we were created. We know who God is. So even if you believe but yet have, have yet to receive, mm-hmm. you still should be checking your motives. You know the difference between right and wrong. And it's, it's, and for a believer, it's Messiah over everything. Mm-hmm. It's the application of it. It's rather than pleasing the lusts and desires of my flesh, I'm going to crucify my flesh. And, and what happened out there on that tennis court a few days ago, my flesh was being crucified. I'm down on my knees and I'm saying, I don't want it. I don't want any of it. God, take it away. Take it away. Take it all. And it, it, it's, it's important to get to that place where you're able to recognize your, your, your inadequacies and say, God, I want to yield to you in this area and I want to submit to you in this area. And I'm telling you right now, for me, it's, it was cold turkey. It was, mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Drop it all. It's over. I'm, I'm like, I don't want any. I don't want, God, if it's not of you, I don't want it. And, and so for, the time, for such a time as this, I, I think it's the message of motives that applies that even if you're not born again, the things that have happened, let's think about like with George Floyd, you know, um, had the officer had paused and checked his motives in that very moment. Am I doing this to please the lust and desires of my flesh for some internal, you know, war that I have within Or am I doing this to glorify the almighty God, our savior and king? Or what about the guys that were standing around? What were their motives behind turning a blind eye when you're there to protect and serve? And as a, and as an African-American male, I've had my experiences with, with being discriminated against by law enforcement. Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God dream a ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home your first ministry? Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream From ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. 
And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes. They aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days. And I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. And let me tell you, it broke my heart because I had gotten a car accident. This was in, I believe it was 2016. This was shortly after my brother passed away. I got in a uh, car accident and I got rear-ended. And uh, somebody hit me. But when the officers arrived on the scene, you would think that I backed up in reverse and hit them. And it was an older Caucasian lady that I had, that had that hit me. And they allowed the police officer, I mean, they allowed this husband, this woman's husband to, to come to the accident scene, bang on my window, call me a stupid SOB. And I'm like, wow, are you serious? And I'm, I'm like, hey, excuse me, officer, you're going to let this man talk to me like this? And when they, the all of a sudden, like I started hyperventilating and I felt in that moment, everything that I had learned over the years from my little league football coach and his friends that are in law enforcement that told me, Scotty, if you're ever stopped, this is how you handle it. All of those things came back to me and I applied it. I said, because while this guy is getting out, while he's banging on my window and calling me names, if I get out of this car, I'm probably going to lose my life. And that's how I felt in that moment. And when the pain from that, from being hit came over me and I started getting dizzy and I said that I needed, uh, you know, I think I need a, an ambulance. They said, wow, really? Mm-hmm. What, what possibly could be wrong with you is what they said. And when the EMS arrived on scene, they said to me, they said, they said, oh, we're going to get the jaws of life and get you out of here. I said, are you guys serious? What? And I said, I work alongside you guys. And at the time I was working alongside the state attorney's office. I said, I'm in the courtroom fighting for victims of crime day in and day out. I said, I'm one of the good guys and you guys are treating me so poorly. And I, I said, I know your bosses. 
and I'm going to be contacting them. And at the time, the, the uh, state attorney here in Florida at the Fourth Judicial Circuit was Angela Court. I called her while I was in the ambulance and I was crying. I was heartbroken because I could not believe they treated me the way they treated me when I did nothing wrong. And, and you're talking about I'm in a suit and tie coming back from, from, a, from a trial. And it didn't matter. And it didn't matter. And that hurt me to my core because I always said that if I was ever in a situation like this, I wouldn't know how to handle myself and, and the results and the outcome would be different. The thing is, I came away with it unscathed with my life, even though I had injuries and stuff, but it could have been so much worse. But the thing that I think about in those moments or in that moment was, what if I would have got out of the car? What if I did not know how to exercise self-control? What if I was bold in that moment to say, hey, no, I didn't do anything wrong and I'm not the stupid SOB, your wife. And if I would have got out of the car and did that, who knows what would have happened? So true. But there are so many young men and women that they shouldn't have to be required to exercise that type of self-control in those moments. You know, and, and, and what made it even worse for me was after I, after I, because I filed a formal complaint yeah, of course. Against, against the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department, JSO, JFRD, the fire department, Jacksonville's fire department. I filed a, a complaint against all of them. And with the officer, um, the assistant chief spoke to me directly. He knew me very well. We had done a bunch of events together and stuff. And he said, I'm so sorry this happened to you. But he had that guy's uh, uh, um, sergeant, his uh, supervisor, contact me. And he said, you know, he was wrong. And I said, well, I appreciate you calling, but he owes me an apology. I said, because he discriminated against me. And it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I did nothing wrong. They didn't even give the woman that hit me a ticket. Oh my God. So here's what his supervisor says to him. The supervisor says, and the reason that we're talking about this is because of everything that's going on. His supervisor says to him, why didn't you give her a ticket? He said, what if she would have, he said, well, it was a low impact collision and I didn't think that it was that big of a deal. He said, well, what if it was a low impact collision and she hit a little girl? Would you have wrote her a ticket then? He said, oh, yes, sir, absolutely. He said, then you need to give Mr. McGee the same credence and in, 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 in justice that you would have gave that little girl. Mm. And so the end result was that this is going to stay on his record for like the next 12 or 12 to 15 months. Yeah. And then they're going to remove it off. And I said, you know what, if that's what you want to do, and if that's what you think is enough, then so be it. But I still feel as though an injustice was done to me in regard to this. So I appreciate your call and thanks for your apology, but no thanks. I don't accept it because the person who should be apologizing to me is the person who treated me like I was a piece of crap that day because of what I equate to being the color of my skin. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you would just take a moment to get to know me, you would know that yeah. I'm the opposite of whatever it right. was that you thought I was. Right. But that's part of the problem in society today. We judge books by their covers. And we always go off of this thing that 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 society has conditioned us to 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 live our lives by. And it's first impressions are everything. But what if the first impression wasn't the best that you could have got of that person in that moment? What if that person was having a bad day? You know, when they asked the officer, when his supervisor asked why he treated me so poorly, he said he was having a bad day. He was just ready to go home. And that's then you're in okay. the wrong profession, though. But you're in the wrong profession. If you're going to take the fact that you're having a bad day and you were almost off of work and you had to report to an accident scene and then you had to stay out there even longer because I needed paramedics. So you decided you were going to treat me like I was the scum of the earth. It's it's very disheartening. But yet at the same time, understanding where we are in society today, it's motives. People need to check their motives and understand that sometimes people are having a bad day. And sometimes it's not always first impressions. Right. Right. It's good. Your first impression was in a suit and tie and giving that's the crazy thing. And that's the part. Right. Right. And And that's still didn't matter. What needs to be addressed alongside the motives is what are people looking with? And Mm -hmm. my pastor did said the other day that you're not, we don't actually look with our eyes. We look through our eyes, meaning Mm -hmm. we're actually utilizing everything that has been ingrained inside of our brains in all the history, all the Mm -hmm. past, even generational, if you're talking nature versus nurture. And therefore we're looking through our eyes and our not eyes need some glasses <laughs> and we mm-hmm. need to have new understanding through the lens of the Lord on who is equal and by what we are treating other people and by how we are treating other people. And people are chiming in over here. I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to be off social media and I can't be off social media because this is too good. Uh, mm. There's what well, this is good. It's a reflection of the condition of one's heart out of the mouth flows the heart. And, and that's motives and that's a part of that. And so Mm -hmm. it is, it, there's so much richness to everything that you're saying. And ultimately starting and circling all the way back to the beginning is if we are able to steward what it is that God's given us within Mm -hmm. by yielding to his voice, you are able to Mm -hmm. stay in the car because of the self-control that God himself teaches, because that is a fruit of the spirit. And therefore the more that we as a people, as a humanity can lean into him, the more Mm -hmm. that this changes. Absolutely. You're totally right. And and not only as as it changes, but perspective changes, your outlook changes, what you see from everything that you've that's been ingrained in your mind that changes, you know, we 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 can't we we've all seen it, you know. Even in what was it, uh, uh, the, the the park in New York, oh, yeah. when the when the when the one Caucasian lady said, "You're not gonna like what's about to happen." Mm-hmm. Like, where are we as a society that someone can feel comfortable enough to say something like that and know? 
the outcome would adversely affect someone generationally, a family. I don't know much about the guy. I heard a little bit about him. I really hadn't paid much attention to it. But just to think that in that moment, someone would feel as though I can do something to you, but you're not going to like the outcome and feel comfortable enough to say something like that. Yeah. Knowing what the ramifications could potentially be, that's the difference between life and death. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we see it in our society today. And you're right, it's all of this stuff that's been ingrained, but it requires a heart change. Yeah. And it requires, uh, uh, it, it, it don't allow stereotypes. Mm-hmm to dictate and mandate what you think or, or, or how you view a person. I'm very good friends with um, a, a man by the name of Ron Davis. His son was murdered over loud music here in Florida. Oh Happened God. right up the street from my house. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Mr. Ron says all the time, he says, uh-uh-uh, my son shared part of that responsibility too. But he did lose life for it because of his music was loud. It's unbelievable. It's insane. So again, just as a society, just because you hear music that doesn't necessarily is pleasing to your ears doesn't mean that that person's a bad person. Let's not have these preconceived notions. We need to rip away and eliminate the stereotypes. And how do we do that? It has to start from within. It has to start from within. And that's where the educational piece comes into play. One of the gals at CORE earlier was saying to, in order for that to happen, we have to unlearn in order yeah. to learn. And that Absolutely. is a process. But it's, it, God works like this. He proved yep. it to you. And yeah. when we get on our knees in that state oh, of repentance, thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah. we don't have to wait. We don't have to sit back and look for change over generations to take place. That's capable. We have access to that right now. Amen. And And that's the ultimate message. That's the ultimate message. Love is the ultimate message. And it's not just like, let's be brothers and sisters. Like Mm -hmm. love. Yeah. Love, love. And, and, and understand this. He will meet you where you are. Yeah. And that's what happened for me. Here I am thinking I'm a mess. And he met me where I was. Right in the in the midst of right after surgery and prior to surgery, God, I don't know, but we'll see what happens if you bring me through this. And God brought me and I immediately felt no more pain in my cervical spine right after surgery. And I felt different. And I believe that while those doctors were in there, those neurosurgeons were operating on me, I believe that the Holy Spirit, that God was operating on me too. And he was doing a work in me in those moments. And I didn't see it. But now that I'm looking back, it was nobody but God. God was showing himself strong leading up to so many things that I couldn't see because or hear because I turned the volume all the way down and I said, I'm tired of being attacked by the enemy. I don't want to be hit anymore. If, if I don't fight, maybe he won't mess with me. Maybe he won't bother me. Maybe I won't have these suicidal ideations. Maybe I won't feel 
Maybe I won't have anxiety attacks anymore. Maybe I won't feel like I'm in this state of depression where I don't want to even get out of bed anymore. Maybe, just maybe, I can learn to cope and deal with some of this stuff and not have to be on medication. And I thank God that I don't need anything now. I'm on the opposite side of that that journey. But what I know is now that all the while I thought God had left me and he was so far from me. And I thought that I was so, so unworthy of him. And all the while, he was carrying me. And it was one set of footprints. And I know it may sound, you know, a little, you know, no, it's, or, I get it. I've been listen, there. Listen, it's just like it's just like the prayers that we don't pray sometimes because we think that it's just always on the forefront of our minds. You know, but that the truth of the truth of the matter is that God's word is the living word. And when you speak it and apply it, it reigns true. And when you speak that word, that word is put into action. And so to say something like, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And yeah, we know that and we hear it. But sometimes you got to speak that over yourself. Yeah, yeah. Especially over yourself, because that's you're bringing the Holy Spirit with you where you go. And if yeah. you are void of the Holy Spirit, you are walking in as a vacant shell. And therefore, the discrimination, the conversation, the emotion, the anger, all of those things, of course there's going to be no self-control. Mm-hmm. Of course, how could there be? But at the same exact moment, you ask him in one time and he's never mm-hmm. going anywhere. He's yeah. never left you from the forefront. Wow. It's a matter of your eyes being open to the You're fact so that right. he is there all the time. I have people going through this course right now and these women have passions boiling inside them. They have no idea how to bring it to fruition. And that is a God dream. When you have something inside of you that you want to release to the world, that's from God. That is not Amen. a man-made thing. And so teaching them, just like we're talking about now, to look back and find him in the lowest mm-hmm. of lows. Mm-hmm. He was there. In he the highest there. of highs. When you thought that was all man-made, he did that. Yeah. And so recognizing that that silver lining is your entire life. It is every moment. It is every day mm-hmm. because he conceived you. He knows how many hairs are on your head and that you have purpose. And so whether mm. your act in this entire conversation is for you to just get on your knees and pray for change, let that be Amen. your answer. Or if you are called to stand and fight, let that be your answer. But -hmm. you know within you from those boiling passions what you're meant to do. Don't lean into the game. Don't lean in to the social media antics. Don't lean into a message that is not your own. Because you already have it cultivated within you. And that's the heart of what this is. Because each puzzle piece, each individual identity fingerprint is purposed. And we need you to be uniquely you. We need you to go through that because Scotty, had you not gone through that season, you wouldn't carry the same empathy that you now carry today for people who Mm -hmm. are walking through it. Mm -hmm. But you have the answer. You have the remedy. You have the healing power within your hands because he gifted it to you. So you, you are the spirit of God. You are moving. And it is by those hands, the hands that you prayed for that other man, that you will have access 
mm. and other people will have access to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I just feel so grateful, um, even just for this opportunity, because I've been silent. And now God is saying, speak, Scotty, speak. There are things that have lied dormant in my life that I know God was calling me to do. And I said, I can't do it. Because if I can't give God my all, I just can't do it. I don't want to do something 50%. I want to do it 110% and know that I'm doing it and I'm doing it in such a way that it is going to bring his kingdom glory. And the great awakening that I've had, that's right where I'm at. I'm right in the thick of this thing now with motives clothing, with, with uh, I, have a, I have a fitness and apparel line that's all about, <laughs> it's crazy. God gave me this revelation two years ago, and here I am now, and God is saying the time is now, and the name of the fitness line is Right Time Strategic Exercise. What better time than now? So God was working in me this whole time and I didn't even know it. And there are things that we dismiss like, oh, well, I named that litter the hope litter while I was in my mess. Was God working in me then? Yes, it's so good. Was God working in me then? It's so true. It's so true. And so to know that God has been operating in every area of my life, even those areas where I wasn't giving him authority. And now I'm saying, God, I yield it all. Hey, get, hey, hey, what do you, how do you want to be in this? And he's like, oh, you don't even know it, but I've already infiltrated my way into this. Ooh, you yeah. didn't even realize it. <laughs> I made this. I made I this. Made this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, you remember that? Oh, you remember when you said that you wanted to get this certain product? And, and God, one of my friends, Uncle Reese, he's an international recording artist. Uh, he has an amazing song, Until I Pass Out. It's just... Oh, that so song good. just gets me going every time. Um, you we'll know, he told it. me, he said, man, Scotty, he said, uh, man, God wants to operate in every area of life, man. Even with your, he said, he knows you're passionate about what you're doing with the dogs. He wants to, but he wants to have that too. So true. How can you give it to him? And for me, where I was, man, how can I, what? How can God be involved in? And then I, I was having a conversation with a, a woman in Hawaii and she tells me, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to share it because if I don't share it, I'm not giving God his full glory. glory. That's right. Come on. Here it is. God's that morning I'm talking. And again, this has been this wrestling wave of, you know, I'm trying to get there. And here I am. I'm having this conversation with my, my brother Reese. And he says, man, God wants, God wants the dogs too. He wants every area. And I'm like, man, well, I'll give it to him. But I'm thinking, how? And, I, and in that moment, just a few hours later, I'm talking and I'm having a conversation with this woman in Hawaii. And she says, hey, I want you to have that product for your program. I'm going to send you back the difference of your stud fee for you to get it right now. And immediately I was like, OK, God, well, that's favor. This lady doesn't even know me. Yeah. Like I just sent her a payment for her to sit and she's sending me something back and saying, oh, enjoy it. And when you get a chance, you just pay me back whenever you can, you know, and I'm, uh, and, and here I am like, 
Wow. That was God showing himself then. Yeah. He was infiltrating every this time. stuff. He will infiltrate every area every of your time. life. Every time. Even when you're not even trying to let him. Because now that I look back, I'm saying, wow, there's God was there. God was there. God was there. Wow, God was there. Wow, God spoke and said at Megafest that my daughter was coming. And here we are, September 14th, 2017. Here comes this amazing little precious little baby girl that just blows me away. And she is the promise. Like she's a part of the promise because without that reminder of that woman that was in the season Mm. of you releasing, this is him constantly, constantly dropping himself in front of you. And that's the lens, right? It's us realizing. But now, just like I told you at the very beginning, my prayer for us and my prayer for people is for it not to be a hindsight experience. That mm-hmm. I can walk into the next situation and I can know that I know that I know that I know that mm-hmm. God's going to be there. That he's mm-hmm. about to reveal himself. So let me open my eyes. Let me yeah. open my ears. Let me open my heart. Let me open my hands because what I'm doing and what I have is not my own. Mm-hmm. It's given Amen. to me already by him. So let me walk into this conversation knowing that there's going to be a nugget. There's going to be a gold token that I'm yeah. about to get that mm-hmm. I then don't take and put in my pocket, I pass it along. Yeah. Because and the goodness is already here. We've already received it. And so it's our job by testimony to pass amen. it along. You're right. And sharing those gifts and sharing those testimonies. That's why I said, listen, it has been years since I've spoken and God has me here for mm-hmm. such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And it just... I almost feel like we're just sitting in the living room and we're just catching up. Yeah. And when it feels like that, yeah. you know, it's God, yeah. you know, um, being able to, to share with you tonight and, and, and your viewers is a tremendous blessing to me. But not only that, it's again, confirming and reaffirming everything that God revealed to me out on that tennis court, that the time is now. No, 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 we're not waiting. We're moving forward. While I was at Megafest, before I got there, God gave me a revelation. I was sitting at, um, I was sitting at a restaurant and I was folding up this napkin. And as I folded this napkin, I folded up into a real tiny square and, and I kind of just forgot about it and ate my food. And then I looked back at the napkin and And God said, unfold the napkin. So I started to unfold it. And as I'm unfolding this napkin, when I got it completely open till it was all the way open, the Holy Spirit said, my will is unfolding in your life. So it's like, okay, God, well, you know, let your will be done. But what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? What is my purpose? And God told me then. So listen, before I, you know, went on this hiatus or this journey of, I don't want to be hit by the enemy. Let me just go into hiding. Let me just, you know, if I don't fight, maybe I won't get hit. I was laying hands and healing people then. And God immediately, from the beginning, from the moment he told me to pray, he healed this woman. He's saying, hey, guess what, son? My will is still unfolding in your life. 
so good. Hallelujah. My will is still unfolding in your life. Jesus. You are above and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. I've called you to such a time as this. And like you said, he knows every hair that's on my head. He knew the seasons that were coming before they came. But he also said when, when I, when he prompted me to pray and I was obedient and I yielded, he said, okay, now it's time to go. No, no, no. We're not waiting. It's not next week. It's not next month. It's right now. Let's go. And I said, okay, God, I'm getting in the, I'm getting in the back seat. Where are we going? Let's do it. Who do you want me to pray for next? Who do you want me to lay hands on next? Come on. Come on. And he is going to continue to give them right to the palm of your hand. And that's the most amazing thing. And when you realize that it's every part of your life, just like when you and Ahmad were talking, like you're going to live life together again. It's every Mm -hmm. facet of who you are when you come to know God and he comes, you come to allow him to know all of you because he already does. But it's that song by Torin Wells that says you are fully loved and you are fully known because you are, mm. but every part, and this is the type of women that I deal with on a regular basis is, is how can my business, this secular thing that I want so bad, that has to do with money, that's a secular thing, mm. how can that be a part of God's will for my life? Mm. How can that be used to glorify him? If it's not glorifying him, you're in it for the wrong reason. Amen. Everything we do, how we feed ourselves, how we fuel ourselves, how we walk down the stairs, how we put our feet on the floor when we wake up in the morning, how we hug our loved ones. Mm. Every single movement that your body makes is his. It's a matter of yielding to what he'd have you do rather Mm -hmm. than just like you said, answering the flesh because the flesh will fool you. And even with those, those things that they're doing, you know, I would, I would submit to, to some of the women that you are, um, that you're having these interactions with. Don't overcomplicate it. And, and here's the key to that. And this is a revelation that God gave me years ago. And it was take your focus off the resource and put it on the source. Yeah, because it's it. not about the resource. It's about the source. And he is the source that allows you to have the resource. So good. So when you say that this is something that is monetary, well, you know, there, there's so much financial gain in this. Well, figure out how you can make it about the source. Right. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not one of those things where you, you know, you have to, you know, you know, by all means, you know, if it's, you know, adult entertainment and stuff like that. We know. No, of course. We know. We know. But, you know, if there's a business endeavor that you want to get into and you know that it's very profitable, but yet you, you, you see the financial gain, it's about putting the Messiah over everything. It's about seeking the source and not worshiping the resource. So while God is allowing me to gain this wealth, understand the first part of what I just said. It's about God allowing me to gain this wealth. And then how you use it, you use it unto the glory of God. So good. So good. Oh, Scotty, we could just keep (sighs) talking until one in the morning, four in the morning sounds 
exhausting but amazing god gives you abundant energy y'all he literally comes out of nowhere when you're least expecting it and another thing that i wanted to say about your season when you felt like you were having to run from the enemy because you just kept getting knocked down god never promised that anything in this life was going to be easy on this side of heaven in fact as a christian as a follower as a kingdom leader you will experience hardship. I can promise mm-hmm. you that. Right. And it will feel like it's only the enemy at work. But I mm. promise you, I, and I could, I could go on for stories till 4 a.m. to do all the same things that have happened to Scotty. Things like that have happened in my life. And they've happened in all my friends who are believers' lives. It's happened mm-hmm. to people who don't believe. They just don't see it yet. Yeah. See, but that's the thing. I believe that it's, 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 I don't even think that, think about this. I remember before I got saved, if I was driving down the street at, you know, 16, 17 years old and I get pulled over by the cop, one of the first things I would do, I would say, oh, please, God, don't let me get a ticket. Please, God, like, understand that I had yet to receive salvation. So good. Again, That's so true. It was written on our hearts. He created us. His DNA is in us. We've been grafted in, and so it was already written on us heart. So when, so when you say about the, you know, the, 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 the unbeliever, I say I don't even think it's so much as um, that they don't believe. I just believe they've yet to receive. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And that's what is so amazing about mm. God is that it's He's available to all of us, and it's like. Oh, you believe you just yet to receive. Because think about times where I know people who do not believe, who don't worship God, who's, who have church hurt. But let something happen to one of their loved ones and they'll say, I'm praying that God brings them through. And this is the same person that won't even go into church yeah. because of what's happened in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing about church hurt. What people misconstrue about that is that church hurt is not God. God didn't do anything to you. And we miss that part. Yeah. We yeah. miss that part. Yeah. It's the I same thing on, with the pandemic on. or, you, you yeah. know, um, yeah. anything. I mean, anything is people are like, why would God let that happen? Why would God mm. do that? And it's, mm. you have to see that silver lining. You have to understand that way more is at work from that, that mm. view, that aerial view that he mm. has over our lives, over eternity. And there is purpose and he does it with love every because, single time because what the devil meant for bad god meant for good he can take a thing and flip it on his head when when the devil meant for jesus to be dead and it was all over and the veil and the, the curtain said like everything mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden three days later the stone was rolled away and jesus had risen what the devil meant for bad god meant for good so everything that's happening between the pandemics and these injustices in everything the criminal justice reform people mm-hmm. opening their eyes and in the thing that you shared about what happened when 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 they they said uh, you know there were people that got down on their knees just as a show of repentance yeah. even if they didn't do anything wrong yeah I repent for the sins of my father's 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 fathers. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, oh man, uh, I, it, 
just with everything going on, and I don't know where we're going with this, but I, I have to share this scripture, and it's Romans 8.18. Mm-hmm. When people are saying, why is this happening, this pandemic, all of these crazy things? Romans 8.18 says, for the present sufferings are nothing to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And think about the glory. Think about the things that are happening in our country right now. Think about the time that family has been able to come together where you're not able, you're away from work and you're able to spend time. It's it's invaluable. It's time that you've always wanted and you weren't able to get and now you're getting it. You're able to just understand how much you cherish your spouse. Although it was difficult to deal with the kids being in school and stuff. How, uh, you know, in online and virtual, virtual schooling, it was crazy. <laughs> but again, that those precious, that time, yeah. you can't get back. No. And that's like the ultimate thing that you always hear. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. Mm-hmm. All of the resources that people say that they don't have were literally given to them. And it's a matter mm-hmm. of the focal point. What are you focusing yeah. on in this time? Are you focused on the fear? Are you focused on the change? Mm-hmm. Are you focused on the loss? Are you focused on the confusion? Yeah. Or are you focused on the one who is constant and steadfast and providing good every moment of every yeah. day? Yeah. It's like when all hell is breaking loose in your life. It makes me think back that when, when I was playing football and I was, my position was one, I was a return specialist. People said that position, you've got to be crazy to do that. Because you got guys coming, you know, 250-pound guys coming to rip my head off. Five, and, nine and a half. Or yeah, and a quarter. Yeah. Five, nine and a quarter. <laughs> You'd be fear, yeah. They'd be fearing you at that point. <laughs> and I'm pretty bionic. I think that they said, you know, my range of motion is going to be out of this world, you know. That's if I can do a 360, I promise you it's not an exorcism <laughs> or anything like that. It's just that yeah, I'm bionic now. You know, but. One thing that I used to do every time I stepped out on that field, and I would encourage anybody, whatever it is that they do, whatever their sphere of influence is, whatever arena they are in in their life, whether it's, you know, the education arena or whether it's, you know, the, 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 the uh, entertainment arena, regardless of wherever that arena is. When I was playing football, every time I stepped out on that field, I would give that unto the Lord. I said, Lord, today, this field, no matter where I was at, this is your temple of worship. Mm. Lord, allow me to operate in the anointing on the field. That was my prayer. Mm. I used to go in the corner of the end zone by myself. And then as the season would progress, I used to love how I'd get in that corner and start praying and guys would start falling at my feet, not at my feet, but around me to circle up and begin praying with me. And before you know it, it's like 20 guys in the corner of the end zone. As I'm praying for the opposing team, God, keep everybody healthy, keep everybody from injuries, allow them to play to their best of their abilities. And I say all that to say that regardless of what the arena is that you're in, operating your anointing. God has given you gifts and he's allowing you to be successful in these arenas for a reason. Yeah. So don't use that ability to please the lust and desires of your flesh, but do it to glorify his kingdom. Check your motives. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's just I would the ball would be in the air and I knew guys were coming for me. But I would fix my eyes on that ball like I'd fix my eyes on Christ. And so I knew no matter if all hell was breaking loose around me, if we keep our eyes fixed on the one true God, our Savior and King, we are, there was nothing that they can do to us. We're covered. It's it's an amazing feeling to know that. It's incredible. It's like this, and it's this, again, back to this concept of knowing, it's this deep knowing yeah. I've never experienced. I was so fearful of being known for so long in my life. I would hide behind every perfectionism, achievement-driven, success understanding forever, even in my mm-hmm. own marriage. And it wasn't until I came to know Christ, for him to know me, for me mm. to open every facet of the dark parts of our soul that you think he doesn't know, but he mm. sees and he loves yeah. you even still and even through. Right. Because he knows wow. the gifts. He knows the passions. He knows the purpose. Mm-hmm. And so coming to that state of repentance, just as those people did, just as we need to do on a consistent basis, even as believers, even still, mm-hmm. we have an ability to be known and an ability to be mm-hmm. loved and an ability to activate Amen. through Amen. that love. And through that knowing. So it is mm. it is by his ability that all of these yeah. things take place, you guys. That you're able to Hallelujah. manifest that in high school, that you're going to play a full ride at a college, that you're then going to go to the NFL, thinking that you're doing it out of fight from your brother, from a mm-hmm. life that he lived. Meanwhile, God's saying, oh no, I'm using you for that much more. You're going to be praying for your teams. You're going to be praying for other men who don't know me, that they're going to see Mm. you and you're going to be a representation of the kingdom. Amen. Wow. Yeah. It is an amazing thing, man. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. So ultimately, God, we thank you. We praise you. We, We want this in and of itself to be an act of worship. Yes. That we can continue to glorify your name, not by our words, but by our actions, by our love, by our constant obedience, by sacrifice. God, that it is through your strength, through your love, through your abundant goodness and kindness that we cultivate our own motives, that we activate our own motives that are connected to your heart, Lord, that you've placed within us with such purpose for such a time as this that will last for eternity, Lord, that our children's 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 children will know you deeply And we'll see the glory that is manifest in our own lives by you and through you and for you. Yes, Lord. God, we pray that every ear that has listened tonight, that will listen in the future, God, that they 
will come to tune into you, that they will turn the volume all the way up. Yes, Jesus. That they will not stand in fear, that they will not stand in their weakness, because it is by mm. your might that any of this is possible. God, we pray for a rise. We pray for a rise up in our spirits, in our voices, in our communities, in our nation, in our world. God, that we activate by your resurrection power. That we lean into our gifts, that we have the ability to heal, that we have the ability to speak in languages that others don't understand. Yes. But that the voice and the ears that need to hear it hear. Yes. Hallelujah. Father, we, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, I just, I thank you for Tamara right now, Lord. I thank you for her being obedient and reaching out to me, Lord. Father God, I pray that you continue to bless her, continue to keep her, Lord. Father God, I bind and rebuke any attack the enemy may try to bring up against her today, tomorrow, next week, next year, next month, any time in the near future. God, I smite that devil right now in the name of Jesus. You have no dominion, power, or authority over the things, over her ministry, over her health, over anything that she is doing. Lord, I just pray that you just bless her, God. You continue to keep her, continue to bless her marriage, Lord. Father, continue to just allow her to just enjoy letting her light shine for you, God. Father God, the women that she ministers to, Lord, allow them to see the heart of God when they see her. Lord, allow her to just continue to allow her light to shine and show other people the way, God, for what she is doing, Lord, is your work, Lord, and it's for your glory and not her own. Lord, she said she used to hide behind her her her, her imperfections and things, but now she sees that through you, she's fearfully and wonderfully made, God. And I just pray that you just bless her, God. Bless her. I thank you for her now. I thank you for everything that you're going to birth out of her in the coming months. And Lord, I just I just know that the direction that you're taking your body globally Come on. is going to require us to unite in a way like never before. So, God, I don't know what you want to do, but, God, I'm yielded. I'm here and ready to be used. Father God, have her to know that whenever she wants me back, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Whatever we need to talk about, I'm here, God, because I know that you've ordained this time and you've called this to be. And so, God, I magnify and glorify your name, and we thank you for the hearts that were touched tonight and the hearts that will be touched later, Lord. It's only for your glory, God. The testimony wasn't about me. It was about showing your goodness. And that even in spite of not feeling worthy, God God popped up and said, the time is now. Healing is in your hands. And let's go. And so I thank you for it, Lord. Continue to keep me. Continue to use me, Lord. And Lord, just continue to bless our families, Lord, as, as we continue to walk in the calling that you have for our lives, Lord, and give them peace in the direction that you're taking us in, Lord. We thank you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Girl, 
So good. So good. Oh, you guys man. have a blessed evening. This is not the last time you will see us together. No, 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 not at all. I got this feeling. I don't know what it is, girl. I don't either. I haven't had I vision know. for it. We're, and God gonna, speaks gonna, to me in vision. He shows me pictures. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for just allowing me to share my heart and everything that God has done. I'm truly grateful. And just know, Tamara, that God isn't done with this relationship. Yeah, you used to help me with my homework, and the, you were my you were my RA. You were like, <laughs> like, come on, and here we are now. Look at God. Oh, he's so good. He's so, so good. Long before yeah. we knew he needed him. Yeah. And yet he knew we needed him. Yep. Yep. Well, I love just, you, Scotty. Thank you so I much. I love you too, girl. You have a good one. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.